Welcome to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into conscious leadership and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. Thrive is brought to you by Accessibility, the leading web accessibility solutions provider. Join thousands of agencies that are already incorporating web inclusivity into their service offerings. Visit accessibility.com today. Welcome back to Thrive, your agency resource. On the previous episode, I talked with Julia McLaughlin about reputation management and recurring revenue. Today is a very different show. I'm here with Tony Cope, founding partner of Myriad, a Raleigh, North Carolina-based video agency that sees creativity as a force for good. We're going to learn all about that from Tony. My friend, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I am honored to have you with me. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. So first of all, you started Myriad in 1993, which is incredible. Congratulations on this power, first of all. Lots and lots of agency owners are like, wow, 1993. But you know, to really kind of get serious for a minute, you've been involved in not only one, but two active shooter events, one in 2010 and the other in 2017. Can you talk a little bit about that, obviously, to your comfort level and just share that story with us? Because it was very impactful when you shared it with me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, gun violence is a strange thing. It's a thing that pops up out of nowhere uh, and, and it, it can have profound, immediate, lasting changes within seconds. Uh, the first one, we were at Target with my family. I have two daughters. Youngest was six at the time. We're shopping for her upcoming seventh birthday party that weekend uh, when the sh- shooting started. And uh, my wife and older daughter were in the back of the store. I was up much closer to the gunman with my six-year-old and felt like I should hide her. So tucked her in behind a rack of clothing. Another young woman who'd been separated from family came running up, asked if she could hide with us. And there I am with two girls young girls with the gunman, and that lasted for about 20 minutes as he stomped around, raged, yelled, shot missing ring, etc. And then when the SWAT team came in, he shot and killed himself. Um, and it, it, it was a profound impact. You get home, your heart rate's up. As things get quiet, you start trying to process it. And, it, and it's really hard to process that, right? It's just such a strange thing. And I didn't even have the words at the time, like gun violence, uh, survivor, any of that. We didn't know those terms at the time. So then I got involved with an uh, advocacy group, gun violence prevention group, and uh, about three or four years later, and started processing it, talking about it. And then about five and a half years ago, something like that, my uh, oldest daughter called me hiding in a bathroom closet. Uh, She was spending the night at a friend's house and ended up being uh, held hostage uh, in a domestic violence situation uh, with the older sibling in the home. Switched to text, texted me, and the last text I got is I'm driving like a maniac to get to the house where she was at was he's in the room with me, daddy. I'm scared. And that stopped. In the room with uh, me, yes. Yes. He had gotten into the bathroom, found her hiding in the closet, broke the door open uh, and uh, brought her downstairs. And the last I heard that day, she survived, everybody survived. But as I get there on site, a uh, huge group of armed, heavily armed SWAT members with shields go in an armored car, go heading towards the house. And I look over there and it's like it's sitting on the back of an ambulance being treated by the EMT. And I'm like, okay, I can get my head around this. I can, I can deal with this. Uh, she survived. Now, dealing with that in an 18 year old daughter is a nightmare. You know, it takes everything you can think of and more to try to help 
her adjust to this new reality. Uh, but I was involved with a group that was specialized in that. I had a survivor network and I had friends and family who knew this now. And at least that gave us ways of trying to find what that first step for it is and then the next step, et cetera. Mm. Whew. Talk about empathy. <laughs> um, wow. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing both of those stories. I would imagine that because of the work that you were doing with the advocacy group after the first shooting, that mm-hmm. sort of prepared you, not that you could ever be prepared for something like that, but that prepared you a little bit or at least gave you the resources to um, to help your daughter you know, in that second. It gave us, gave us a landing space, uh, some comfort in that we weren't alone and also talking to people who've been through it, uh, which is comfortable, right? It it allows you to think through it and, uh, and talk about it, express a lot of frustration, rage, anxieties. Uh, but we also got my daughter and our family the help they needed. (laughs) We even got her a emotional support puppy, which I swore up and down. She was freshman year in college. I was not going to get her a puppy, but it made a difference overnight. It really did. Yeah. So how did those two experiences, profound traumatic experiences, how did they eventually impact the work that you did at Myriad um, in terms of the verticals that you serve? Right. I mean, it's interesting because most of what we do as an agency is working in the technology space, which doesn't seem like an immediate connection. But I think every process we go through, every client we work with, every project we work on, the creative, it's all for us driven through empathy, right? Mm. A deep human understanding of the clients, the work, the creative, the audience they're going after. And there's this thing going on, obviously, in my personal life where empathy, uh, sorry, there's an ambulance going by, how timely. But, uh, you know, the empathy, (laughs) it raises the stakes, it raises the connection, and it makes more profound impact of like, I, I understand the impermanence, temporary nature of life and I don't want to sound overly profound with it but that hits you right and you start going I need to make projects I need to do creative that matters that speaks to people that makes some sort of change and even in the technology space you start getting way more sensitive and aware of the people that you're interacting with the stories that they have what they go through and as you start building in this empathy throughout the processes you find deeper connections you find that your work speaks better to the audience that's supposed to speak to and you have more lasting relationships because we're connecting on levels that feel like fringe right that 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 work with uh, where people are this is a deeper connection yeah yeah so i mean that kind of answers the question of how empathy is so integral and how it influences the work that you do in the world can you talk a little bit about um you know you said doing things that matter right so right. that's kind of become a little bit of your calling card or the the positioning for the agency can you talk a little bit about how that influences the values alignment with the projects that you choose to take on yeah it's interesting um you know Life, I think, just gets more meaningful, intense. Uh, you, you face more things, obstacles. You go through things on a personal level and business that it just raised the, the demand that the projects we do have to matter to us and to people out there. Um, we don't have time to waste doing just checklists, right? Of just, all right, we need a video, do the video, it's done. Uh, we don't have time for that. We don't have the patience for that. We need to find projects that have sincere 
uh, and pro- profound effect on the world. Uh, and, and that's kind of like this, like with the gun violence, with the advocacy groups we work with and going through a pandemic, right? Uh, it seems like the world's getting louder and louder and crazier. And for me personally, that's how I stay sane is trying to find ways I can impact little things, mm-hmm. momentary things, and, and end up with creative that, that, that fits this demand that the world's put on us. Mm-hmm. Did you know that one out of five people in the U.S. is living with some form of disability? I'm proud to partner with Accessibility as they work toward the mission of making the web accessible to everyone. It's time to prioritize inclusivity. Ensure that your own website and your client sites can be accessed by all and that they're ADA compliant. Head over to accessibility.com forward slash thrive to learn more about their agency partner program. Now, back to the show. So what are some of the, the specific causes or um, focus areas of the, the actual video work that you do? Sometimes I say all of them. You know, it's there's like uh, environmental, right? Uh, there's this profound thing going through our heads right now is that if we're not fixing the climate and protecting the future, a lot of these other things may not matter. Um, Obviously, gun violence, uh, the dangerous society and the escalation of gun violence in our society is just, it's nerve wracking, it's its chaos, and, you know, doing this work, that's how I stay sane, that's how I feel like I'm doing something. LGBTQIA, trying to help people find where they belong in the world, just like I was able to. Even as a cisgendered white male, I had to find my own place. But I was given the easy pass on that. I was given the way, hey, this is the way you're expected to be. And it fit for me naturally. So I want to have ways of helping people that have more challenging identities in the world have, have them give them some sort of ease in finding where they belong and just being accepted. And, and women's health, women's rights. Those are the things we've always tried to sift through a lot of what we do. But then all of a sudden, in the last three months, how can you not absolutely focus on those needs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a cacophony. It's like so loud and overbearing and overpowering and depressing. And I know a lot of people get overwhelmed with it and just fluster, you know, floundered. But if you can find the little things to do, little steps to take, it all of a sudden you feel empowered and you feel like I, I have some sort of control here. And the way that gets back to what we do as an agency is it speaks to people. I think people feel honest, right? They feel that honest approach, the empathetic approach. And there's like, I can't tell you what the truth of the world is, but I can tell you what my truth is. Mm-hmm. And based on that, I think I can speak authentically for people. We can do creative work that speaks that way. And that's refreshing. And I think that's what people are needing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the days of, uh, you know, the advertisements that are trying to, really pull on people's, I wouldn't even say emotions, I would say more their fears or, you know, their fear of missing out or fear of growing old or right, like those days of advertising are are over. You mentioned truth before, I'm wondering, um, how do you think about truth, your own idea of truth in terms of storytelling? I think truth is a very personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people want to have facts or stats but that doesn't work that doesn't convince anybody right so if i come at it from an empathetic and open perspective saying look this is what my truth is this is how i see things this is what matters it means things to me and then we have a conversation and, and i'm open to what you think 
that arrives at sort of this commonality and a little bit broader truth. And I think that's how you anchor any of this mm-hmm. to matter to people, right? Because they're, we're all in search of that. Something speaks to us, something that matters, something that helps us align a little better with the world. You know, I always laugh because one of the commercials I always remember as a kid was ring around the collar. Yeah. And it's so strange to think that that was something people got worried about back in the day, right? Oh my gosh, there's a there's a thing around your really who cares, right? <laughs> like I've never seriously worried about that. But that's where the advertising used to be, and now because there's so much information, so much noise, so much out there, and I think we all feel a little bit more fragile, right? Mm-hmm. Because of where the world is right now, that we're searching for those things that speak to us yeah. and give us. Even if it's not a sense of comfort, it's a sense of connection. And I think that's that's what people are they're searching for. Yeah. You strike me as, uh, you know, what I often talk about on the show, a very conscious leader. So I'm wondering, what are the things that you sort of gravitate to, whether they're books or podcasts or study or, you know, personal hobbies or, or things that are passions for you? What do you gravitate toward? you know, in terms of those, those things that you're trying to develop more in your personal and professional life? <laughs> There's so much. I'm, I, I'm a bizarrely obsessed environmentalist uh, on a personal level. My midlife crisis was I got an electric car and a rooftop solar in my home. So I, I now drive to work on sunshine, right? And that makes me infinitely happy. I'm deeply concerned. I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina. I know the fragile nature of our environment. And even if you want to call it words that don't fit it's still we understand that our environment is where we all live and we're connected to it uh the people around me you know it's interesting uh i grew up my father's a gay theater professor right in the southern mountains it was so untypical but i was gifted this ability to not be put in a box as a dude right i didn't have to fit in that box nobody demanded i fit in that box and so while i was younger it felt odd to find where i fit when I knew I fit there, I, I was just more shared with it. And I had an entire family supporting that, like, hey, okay, that's where you fit. That's cool, right? Mm-hmm. And it's weird to think of that because I, I'm i a straight white dude. I fit the most normal expected pattern, but I don't have all the baggage that a lot of times comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's helped me. And so there's so many things, like, uh, I, don't, I have two daughters, right? Um, the most profound thing my child ever said was, I, I well, I was having a beer with a friend whose daughter uh, was raped at a college party. And I'm trying to help him get his head around that, the, this, this, the infinite horror of that. And afterwards, I went and talked to my uh, daughter. And I'm like, has, has anything ever happened? She's like, no, no, no. And that's never happened. And I'm like, have you ever been like touched inappropriately? And she was like, I wait tables. And it was just this profound idea. They're like, holy crap. That exists, mm-hmm. right? this lack of respect of human respect from someone else just because they bring you beer and food. I mean, how, how does that happen? And so there's these connections it's in daily life. And I was like, I have to find ways, little ways, big ways, whatever, that I can impact those that and make them a little bit better, or at least give it a little comfort to the people who are going through those things. Yeah. So the title of this show was how truth and empathy lead to agency success. So my question for you is how do you define success? Oh, wow. First, you got to keep the lights on. <laughs> you got the salaries and the benefits and all that stuff. Okay. And, you know, I, I found this real deep connection with every person that works here. And uh, 
sometimes overwhelming responsibility of what that means to support people in their lives, their mortgages, their families, et cetera. And so that's that fundamental base of success. It's like, we have to function well, it won't do, right? Because there's a lot of people relying on us. My family's relying on me. So that's the, that level of success. But then when you do work that you find friends are aware of, that people share stuff, that they talk about it, that they find interest and comfort or attraction to, that feels really good, right? That you do something that gets out in the world and impacts people. Mm-hmm. That's to me success. And I think for a company that's success, because when people see that, they realize, oh, wow, okay, I need that. Well, we did a piece on uh, racial justice and I showed a friend of mine that um, doing a project for her. And she was like, I, I, I have to have that, right? Because it felt so profound to her that it felt like it connected. And when you can do that kind of work and you can provide that, it's not a service, it's a collaboration and a partnership. It, it moves everybody forward and, and it makes me happy. I love doing that sort of work and I think it works for our clients. And talk about the environmental impact of your agency for a minute. How do you, how, I mean, other than the work that you do, what are you doing at your agency? Because I don't really hear a lot of agency owners talk about their love of environment. And I share that with mm-hmm. you, having been trained by Al Gore, the Climate Reality Project, all of that. So it's a really big deal for me too. And I was very focused on environmental impact in terms of our agency, simple things, recycling and p- digital versus paper, all that stuff. What, is, what does that look like for, for you at Myriad? I love you brought up Al Gore. That's so that's so connected to what we went through uh, when his inconvenient inconvenient truth documentary came out. Yeah. Uh, we took the company to see it, and it made an immediate profound impact because do something, yeah. right? Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter. Just do something, right? And we're like, what are we going to do? We do need to do something. And what that became was we went to Honduras for two weeks and did a documentary on sustainable farming in Central America. For a company that works, you know, not a nonprofit that works in Central America, and they teach farmers over a six or seven year period how to become sustainable and really successful. It made a profound impact. And then that was probably one of the lead things we did that said, Look, this matters. And that led to our success because we believed it, we loved it, and we got so much interesting attention out of it. Um, we're on our last little bits on becoming a B Corps, if you know what the B Corps is. Yeah, um, And so we're processing that. There's a lot behind There's that. There's a lot behind um, the, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not that I want you... anybody to be deterred by that. It's a it's a fantastic uh, organization. Oh, it's 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 the most beautiful challenge we've been through. I swear it is because it makes you think through everything. Yeah. Uh, your environmental impact. It's like, all right, how do we not impact the world when we have to travel for work? How do we minimize that? How do we help support that? Um, how do we offset that? Um, what can we provide here with the company? You know, and how can we instill this in our culture where people consider that, right? Because we found what with finances, we have open book where we let our people know all about our finances. When people are aware of things and they understand what the goals and the direction is, then they themselves think through things. They process things and they understand it at a more functional daily uh, individual level. You don't have to tell them to do things. They understand it. They feel it. And they just naturally gravitate towards doing those sort of things. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we're working on a uh, indigenous sea keeper alliance. So indigenous tribe, we're working on a documentary on that with the goal of allowing people to understand that dissecting down from the gigantic, overwhelming climate change 
nightmare to, hey, there's a little sliver of something. Here's a little way that you can see it, understand it, and then something you can do, right? And if you can do that, you know, because just the advocacy work, the nonprofit work I do, uh, if you give somebody ability to do one thing, then they'll find a way to do a second and then a third, and then they'll stop counting, right? That's how you get people intimately involved uh, with this. Do you also find that your positioning and and all the ways in which you talk about the work that you do, that it automatically sort of magnetizes or attracts um, employees who have the same values? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The people that come here, and even our clients, the, the, the louder we speak, the more definitive we are about these things. It clarifies the people and speaks to the people that we want to come and work here and as well, the people we want to do work with. And that, if you've ever you know, gone through where someone that is hired and they don't fit, or you go on to work on a client project that doesn't fit, that's really painful, right? Uh, it's horribly disruptive. Nobody gets the, what they need out of it. And so the earlier you can define that alignment, it's just, it just makes things way more successful. Yeah. Man, I could talk to you all day long, my friend. <laughs> we definitely hey, don't offer, don't offer. I'll, I'll sit here and talk to you as well. <laughs> all right, Tony. Well, thank awesome. you so much again for sharing your story. I will definitely put a link to your website in the show notes. And mm-hmm. again, thank you so much. And also thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. It's very, very useful, impactful, and uh, beneficial. So thank you for that. It also feels really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a final note of gratitude to the official sponsor of Thrive, Accessibility, the leading web accessibility solutions provider. Learn more about the win-win proposition and keep your clients' websites inclusive and compliant. Be sure to check out their partner program for your agency today at accessibility.com forward slash thrive.